Welcome to another episode, episode five of Roving Slant. Yeah. I'm here with my co-host. You can name yourself. Jordan Von Strangle. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a deep cut right there. I want to be Heiseldorf today. (laughs) I just felt, I felt like German or something. Is that even German? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, yeah. Heiseldorf. It sounds just like a fantasy. Yeah, it yeah. does. Actually, yeah, the dwarf aspect of it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're like a crazy wizard. You got yeah. hair everywhere and you're like smoking crack. It's true. Yeah. Speaking of people that smoke crack <laughs> uh-huh. and ultimate divinity. Yeah. I, on this episode, have encountered my good omen. That is, word from above. Oh. Whether it be the collective unconsciousness, uh-huh. God himself. Oh. Um,. Whatever God is in all the other religions, the names for him, I do not know them uh-huh. yet uh, until I invoke him. <clears throat> but I uh, I recently, uh, first off, have you ever eaten baby carrots? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, What's your opinion of them? Um, I don't care for them just by themselves. If you dip them in, in like ranch, mm-hmm. like that's like, like a veggie tray, right? Yeah. That's uh, that's okay. I'm good with that. I'd rather stick to, you know, peppers, um, potatoes. Even though potatoes aren't really vegetable, I think it's a vegetable. I think technically, but yeah. real like nutrition wise, when they say <laughs> eat your vegetables, they don't mean potatoes. So yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't trust the USDA on any of their uh, dietary uh, <laughs> advice since they got their hands in every pot for that. <laughs> Everybody stew pot, frankly. Yeah, but um. Mine's got potatoes in it. It's true. So what um what is your like conception of what a baby carrot is? Like what is it to you? Okay, so I don't you know what's funny? I don't actually even know how they grow baby carrots. Yeah. I don't know much about them other than they're really small carrots. They are very like you know it you're kind of awakening me to something that I'm now realizing and that why are all baby carrots shaped exactly the same yeah. way? So this is funny, right? Because I've <laughs> never consciously given enough thought to this. I've I've just been eating these. Yeah. Like I and I've been eating healthier. So I, I was thinking, well, I can introduce more vegetables. And a good guideline for eating health healthy is just to try to eat as many unprocessed foods in varying colors as possible. Because yeah. more often than not. The color indicates what kind of, like, vitamin. I mean, it's not a one-to-one, and it's yeah, not yeah. always going to be the same. But if you eat, like, yellow squashes and you eat green peppers, they're going to have different vitamins than the other stuff and vice versa. So, of course. Uh, I was thinking about baby carrots, and I'm like, man, these are so weird. Why are they so strange? And it, 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 They're, like, sweeter than normal carrots, and they just, why are they all this perfect shape? Uh-huh. Some of them are different cuts. I mean, it's not like completely uniform, but yeah. it's really bizarre to me. And I always just assumed growing up that baby carrots were just carrots that were culled young. That's what yeah. I assumed. But that's not the case. I, I, out of nowhere, I, for some reason, I had this awakening no. when I looked at the bag, and the bag says baby cut carrots. And I was like, oh. huh. So I looked this shit up, and it turns out they just take normal carrots and <laughs> cut them to those sizes and then round the edges. What the heck? Yeah, so it's just normal carrot. And I, and you know, my initial thought was like, man, these people have been 
fucking with me this whole time. <laughs> I'd assume they were baby carrots. I feel a personal injustice yeah. knowing that these aren't actually young carrots. That I've just been eating old carrots masquerading <laughs> as young carrots. It's like makeup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're actually just old carrots. You, you, you uh, got catfished into... You wanted the young ones. Yeah. And you got catfished yeah. into still eating the I've, old ones. I've literally been catfished by the carrot-making <laughs> farms. It's actually bullshit so i was really annoyed with this and i thought that this was just the the most uh, i don't know it was just a lie that i should have i should have seen i felt stupid and all of this and i also was angry at the carrot farms uh for doing this to me for yeah. making carrots more snackable in this form Jesus. and lying to me yeah. um so i so like days go by i've been holding this anger and you know i don't know how to vent it but uh, I use whatever coping mechanisms I have. And I was, uh, I also happened to be interested in this book called Salt, Sugar, and Fat, which oh. I was reading. And it talks about, it's actually a really interesting book. I highly recommend it. It's like a YouTube show, isn't it, too? I don't know. Or, it, no, it, it, just, it might be a real cooking show. Okay. I am, that too. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure, but the book itself is really, really good. I'll talk more about it in a bit, but. The most the this relates to the divinity, the mm -hmm. God's good omen to me. So like I was angry about it and I and uh, and I passed um, I, the first section of the book. It's in three parts is uh, sugar um, and they talk about sugar. And I was reading this story about this Coke executive. I think his name was Jeffrey Dunn. Uh, don't quote me. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. And the essential story was that his father worked in marketing for Coca-Cola and for many years and then eventually um he ended up wanting to go into marketing as well jeffrey dunn's father was a marketer and he sold a bunch of like he essentially his job was selling coke to like fountains to make sure that you know the bastards at pepsi didn't get any <laughs> of their drinks in there and they yeah. had full complete control mm -hmm. um the monarchy of Coca-Cola. That's true. And so he eventually, Jeffrey Dunn, gets into it and moves up pretty high in positions. I don't, I don't remember if it was just marketing like uh, lead or if he actually got to CEO. But he was really powerful, and he realized that the sugar was like contributing significant amount to obesity yeah. and stuff like that. Um, his wife was like a big proponent. She worked in like the rainforest and stuff, so she was uh, like an environmentalist and was recognizing the patterns and he also was sent a book to the office about sugar and the detrimental effects it has on children and for cardiovascular health and all of that stuff yeah and uh and then coke was trying to market to younger and younger people to make them become heavy users over a long period of time yeah and it eventually culminates into a point where he goes on a trip to brazil and they're trying to sell coke to brazilian people but he, I believe the quote was, uh, he realized that these people needed a lot of things in this poor, impoverished country, but they didn't need Coke. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that wouldn't help them at all. But they're still going to try to market it to them. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and so he felt bad. He has a guilty conscience and obviously, you know, starting to see the negative impact that Coke has had, even if it has had positives. And so he creates Dasani, which is their water brand yeah. that they, uh, and everybody, all the Coke executives were like, no, you're going to turn, like make the company go down. Yeah. Like all of that it, water is useless. You don't need to go <laughs> into that business. We don't need to have a water brand, all of this stuff. And eventually, um, the board, ends up usurping him and getting him fired 
for his decisions as leader because he was trying to roll back on sugar and make coke less appealable uh, just in order to prevent you know yeah. the obesity epidemic and stuff and so this dude after getting fired since he would have never quit coke himself like it was in his family he's not gonna quit ever after he gets fired the first thing he does he goes to a board of a bunch of investors and he pitches an idea. I think I forget how long it, the idea was, but he's got all these slides. And his idea was to make carrots more marketable. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, oh I'm fucking reading the story, oh, no. and like four days later, and I'm eating these fucking <laughs> carrots while I'm reading this shit. I'm reading what I think is a Coca-Cola article, oh, and it ends up being the birth <laughs> of the reason we have baby carrots. He was trying to market to people to make it more palatable to have snacks on the go. Oh and his whole idea was just take something that's a vegetable that's healthy for you that already exists and make it, like, you know, more convenient to eat, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, God damn it. Like, not only does this all culminate into the, like... <laughs> Now I, I don't actually hate baby carrots. I understand their purpose. I know the history of them now. A man has tried to atone for his sins at Coke. And in doing so, tries to take a healthy food and make it more appealable to them. He wasn't lying to me. He was just trying to... Get, clear his own guilty conscience <laughs> by creating baby carrots and making them marketable to the 35 year old uh, like single mother that's on the go <laughs> like whatever I, and honestly it's just really interesting and it's just the good almond i just thought it was so funny that right after i happened to and i've been reading this book for like a while like it's pretty long yeah and it just happened that all of it you know tied up right in that moment i <laughs> i was i saw the carrots i for some reason looked at the back and i was like what the fuck is baby cut oh shit they've been lying to me my whole yeah. life and then like four days later i'm reading this <laughs> book about coca-cola and this motherfucker creates baby carrots <laughs> and now i'm like okay well i don't hate them anymore yeah. I, i'm gonna go buy more thank yeah. you jeffrey dunn or whatever your name is that's awesome damn uh wow yeah. Dude, that's that's a full circle. It really was the most bizarre. <laughs> set. I I sat there for a moment and it's like, if there is a god, he's fucking with me. Yeah, that's what it. It's what it feels like. He's uh, like, he's gonna realize that baby carrots are just cut carrots. Yeah, not only that, but I'm gonna realize that they were actually created for an altruistic purpose. Yeah, a good purpose. <laughs> Somebody with spirit and good intentions. Made carrots more marketable. Damn. Kind of amazing. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I guess to talk a little bit briefly more about the book, because um, it is really interesting, and it talks a lot about how uh, the rise of food, the rise of sugar, it talks about the bliss point of sugar. Like, there's a certain point uh, in all people, obviously it varies by race, um, where too much sugar is too much and too little is too little, but there is an actual range of the bliss point where it is perfect for just about everyone. Yeah. And so that's what they try to get to when they serve like pop and come up with all these um, formulas for it. Yeah. Uh, I also really <clears throat> enjoyed uh, the story of Kraft, uh, the cheese company. Yeah. The guy, it, it starts off with a 38-year-old man peddling cheddar in Chicago. Literally peddling. Literally pet. He goes and buys cheddar and he sells it to people 
on the streets of Chicago. <laughs> but the problem he had was that the cheese was getting moldy and it would get hard around the edges because yeah. obviously it's exposed as he's, you know. So what does this man come up with? After several years of doing this, what he did was he was trying to find a way by boiling cheese that he could um, essentially just make it not do that. Yeah. So what his process was, was he realized that if you boil cheese and continuously stir, it doesn't separate. And if it doesn't separate, you can cool it down and pour it in a can uh-huh. through that essentially sterilizes it. And then it lasts longer. Yeah. And that's his whole, that's what creates craft. <laughs> Him canning cheese. Him wow. literally just heating it up, melting it, <laughs> putting it in the can is why we have processed cheese now. Damn. That whole process. And then after that Gross. process was created, eventually there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes in where they figure out how to, to age cheese by using enzymes and without actually having to wait the 18 months to age cheese and stuff like that. Essentially, yeah. they create a process to where they get the dairy and then it literally after it exits, it enters the factory as dairy and exits as cheese. Yeah. Um, and then they figure out all the different ways to make it cheaper and make it last longer. But essentially, his whole thing was just, he just made cheese have shelf life yeah and because it's in a can and it was sterilized it lasted longer and the army was like damn we need that cheese so he sold a bunch of them started selling it everywhere demand for it increased and whatever and now you get nasty cheese yeah now you can get nasty american cheese that's barely cheese anymore it's it tastes like a sheet of plastic yeah 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 (laughs) literally cheese purists around the world recognize that the definition of real cheese is cheese that actually has to age for at least 18 months yeah if it does not have any aging it is fake it is not real cheese damn um and then there's also uh, a lot of interesting stories about like they talk about the process of jello uh, apparently jello like in the past took a really long time to form uh-huh. uh, like you had to boil it it had to separate you had to continually stir it it was a whole process that took like several hours and as uh the consumer wanted more convenient and more convenient and yeah. more convenient instant food uh they were like okay well you can't use any additives they're talking to the chemist um, who is cr- trying to create a more instant jello. Yeah. And they're like, you can't use any additives, you can't use any chemicals, um, you're going to try to make ethical instant jello. So he struggled for like several years, couldn't do it. And then he goes in the office one day and there's a patent on his desk from another company that makes jello that is like within like, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. Yeah. And the company's like, okay, everything's out the window. You can use whatever chemical you want. You just have to make instant jello. <laughs> and the guy's like, you got it, bro. Three months later, he's got instant jello. The old patent falls away because it's less efficient. Mm-hmm. They send, like, I think it was General Foods or something. He does their patent and completely blows him out of the water. <laughs> yeah, we got jello to settle in five minutes. Yeah, five minutes, instant, anybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You have to kill 13 lambs, though. Yeah, 13, yeah, just pour the blood around the... <laughs> <laughs> around the bowl uh make sure you got your chicken's feet in hand uh and then yeah. you send us a prayer to shamak yeah and the jello's done yeah <laughs> yeah just consult Moloch for a little bit of a ritual yeah. and you got this but uh yeah so that was really interesting they talk about cereal and the battling of cereal 
and how they used to market it as sugary, but now people don't want sugary as much. So it goes into that. It also goes in the government's role in food, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I overall, it's it's a just a really hilarious read. I yeah. mean, <laughs> most of it comes down to people in businesses just trying to do interesting things. Yeah. And like the company is just dictating a little bit what they can do, but they're trying. Essentially, it's. Uh, it's not even good intentions. It's just people trying to make things more convenient, and then it just ends up resulting in the detriment to all of society. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they create. There was a story about the creation of Tang, that powder. Oh, I love Tang. Yeah, and they're talking about it, and the scientists are having trouble trying to make Tang palatable because it has this metallic <laughs> taste, and they're they're like. It, they're like, man, Tang is like too... I think it was before it reached the market. They're like, oh, it's it's too metallic. We have all these vitamins in it and it makes it taste like metal. And so the one chemist walks up to him and he's like, what if we just get rid of every other vitamin but vitamin C? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's try it. And they tried it and it tastes great. And they're like, market it. All the consumer send cares it. about is yeah. vitamin C, nothing else. <laughs> so they just send it out. Dude. All right. I mean, like, I was just about to say the same exact thing. Like, just take out the metal parts. <laughs> like, oh, it tastes like metal. Uh, maybe we should yeah. either A, not sell it as is, yeah. or B, not have metal. <laughs> yeah. And the, even some of the stuff as well as, like, um, it seems so common and stupid now. But back then when they were selling these foods, they didn't know how to market them to people. Like, uh, there was a guy that went around all these companies and looked at all of the data for their sales yeah. and found out that, you know, their consumers were actually several types. And once you group the consumer by types, then you can market to them more effectively. Yeah. So like Campbell's Soup had like a bunch of different soup brands, but then this guy came in, looked at the data and was like, well, actually you don't have 20 different customers. You have three different customers. You have the normal mild customers you have the spicy soup customers and then you have the chunky soup customers oh. those are your three types yeah and once you narrow it down those three types then that sort of fits a broader scope of everything yeah but all of it is just like in the end trying to be convenient the, even the last story i read uh, which i'm not done with the book because I, I, I was going through fat i think i'm on and then i'll get to salt um, but I just finished the section about Lunchables oh, and they gross. talk about the creation of, and it's great. Cause they were like, well, we have so much cheese and, and bologna isn't selling well at all. So how do we market bologna? It was like Oscar Mayer. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, okay, well, why don't we just make a prepackaged meal that kids can eat? And they're like, well, what goes with bologna? And they're like, well, yeah, bread, but we can't keep bread in a package because it'll go bad. So they're like, well, why don't we do crackers? And they're like, okay. And then they do the marketing <laughs> research and they're like, well, is circular cheese on average, like people's opinion of it, if cheese is cut in circles, it, it's more appealing to yeah. the consumer. But we can't cut it in circles because that costs too much money. So we'll just do it in squares. We're going to put some bologna in there. We're going to put some crackers and we're going to market it to the convenient mothers who don't, you know, who want to give their children a gift yeah. of food, but they don't have the time because they're working now. They <laughs> entered the consumer market. They yeah. need to spend money. So they don't have time to make their kids food anymore because everything costs too much. So they do it and it's a, fun it's a banger. It's a hit. Oh, yeah. And, but they're losing money because they don't have a, a, a good enough plastic tray for it. <laughs> so 
They go to the tobacco companies who own all of them. Philip Morris. They're the. They own Kraft. They own Oscar <laughs> Mayer. They own all the shit. The and, yeah, the tobacco. Co- they they were like Marlboro. 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 Yeah, Marlboro was like, yo, we need to diversify our profit. Uh, or our uh, portfolio of companies. So they're like, yeah, we'll just buy Kraft. We'll buy what? <laughs> like, so they just bought all these food companies. So now Oscar Mayer has access to cheese because, you know, they got yeah. Kraft under their wing. And then they got all these other companies. And so they go up to the head and they're like, they're like, yo, we want to market Lunchables. And they look at it and they're like, yes, sweet, do it. Like the tobacco executives are all smoking cigars. They're like, yeah, we don't care. Do it. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, but we don't have enough money to like make the process more efficient and they're like here's millions of dollars go do it <laughs> retool your system make it better and they're like okay and then it's a hit yeah and, but like it's all at the cost of the people because like the it's all garbage food. it's all garbage yeah, yeah it's uh, they talk about the saturated fat and the uh-huh. salt and then yep. they talk about the sugar and yep. they're they're all like uh something like comes with the half, yeah, yeah they're all like half of your daily allotted amount according yeah. to anybody <laughs> essentially um i think it's the usda is like what they base the diet of your daily diet off of in america yeah. but it's it's hysterical because then they're like oh well how do we market it even better than that now that it's successful they're like well we'll create this maxed out version of it that has even more sugar <laughs> even more fat even more and then they're like well how do we get uh, the sweet tooth they're like we'll make a desserts version of lunchables you can get dessert lunchables like and they're like well what do, what do kids like let's go ask the kids what kids what do you like to eat and they're like we like pizza and they're like well kids like to have fun so we're gonna have pizza that they can make in their hands and it's just raw pizza adults can't eat raw pizza but but children kids, love, they it. love it kids yeah. love dumb shit that they can move it's just it's honestly genius in one hand and then it's also just like you know for pure profit yeah Nothing, oh my goodness it's it's just hysterical dude alright my fiance will like when she goes grocery shopping every once in a while she'll be like she'll grab a few Lunchables she just <laughs> likes them for like yeah. the nostalgia, yeah. but like the, yes, the ingredients are terrible. You know, I I love Lunchables growing up too, and now that I know the history of them, I can appreciate them more. But <laughs> they're not like the sort of thing you're supposed to eat. Well, in general, but yeah. also just like <laughs> as I'm pretty sure the guy that created Lunchables said, everything in moderation. Yeah, as Aristotle <laughs> said, everything in moderation. <laughs> Dude, there's, like, yeah. kids that eat a Lunchable every day. Yeah, you know? I feel bad for those. But, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, whatever. You gotta get the kid yeah. food, yeah. As well as uh, the the fat section. The last thing I'll say about the book, because it's funny as shit. The, um, the fat section, I just recently read about the pink slime. Essentially, they were trying to figure out ways to use more cuts of beef. And everybody wanted leaner beef, because they're like, oh, we're wary of fat. Yeah. We know it causes cardiovascular problems if you have too much fat, so we don't want to have heart attacks because it's increasingly yeah. linked to that and cancer and all this other stuff. So they were like, well, we're going to use the leaner parts of a cow, but those leaner cuts of the cow have a higher chance of getting E. coli in it because, you know, the shit gets smeared yeah. all over it. So yeah. they're like, well, what's the solution? Like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll just uh, mix it with ammonia. And that'll kill all the E. coli. Uh, and it gives it this unnatural pink color. Yeah. And that pink color, that that pink slime, as it's been dubbed, uh, a meat, has... A, a meat? As, as one point, uh, 
at one point in America's history, accounted for 80% of the beef, like the burgers and stuff that were being served in McDonald's and all of what? that. What? Yeah. It was just, they would use ammonia to kill this. And eventually, like, the problem was is that they would sell, send these blocks of this meat. I, I forget what the actual name for it was because it wasn't pink slime. It was just, like, I, it was called meat textured meat. Because it wasn't completely oh, meat. Right? It was like weird cuts of the meat mixed yeah. with fat or whatever. Um, and they <clears throat> brought it to prisons. Like prisons would buy it because it was cheaper. Yeah. Because right? it was a cuts of the meat nobody wanted. Um, but it had less fat. So people technically wanted it. The leanest beef possible. Yeah. It just had the downside of having to be ammonia treated to get rid of the E. coli. <laughs> and they sent it to these prisons and they were like, man, this smells like ammonia. It's tainted. And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, we can't keep using all this ammonia because it <laughs> keeps getting tainted. It has a ammonia scent. Ah. And it's bad for people. Yeah. So, it just in all these ways of trying to be more efficient, they just invariably, uh, it's uh, it's amazing. But You ever heard of Vimboss? No, I haven't. What is that? It's over in the UK. I was over there a while ago, right? And the guys were telling me about Vimboss. It's like a really old drink. Okay. Okay, it's a drink it was 100% beef. What? I don't know what's in it, but it was like a can that you could crack open and like drink 100% beef, or whatever that means. Well, you gotta buy that and put it out and bring it It doesn't there. exist anymore. What do you mean? They got rid of it? I think so. Ugh. I think it was like a wartime thing. Oh. So it was like, oh yeah, you get 100% of your beef right here in this can, yeah, baby. This, this really easily <laughs> digestible can it's essentially like an early protein shake i imagine right? probably yeah but it was like beef yeah <laughs> but cow <laughs> so yeah but instead yeah. of whey isolate it's just cow itself <laughs> you can drink cow ingredients cow <laughs> strength of the 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 oh my god the cow himself <laughs> i want to say ungulate but i still think i'm wrong on that ungulate i don't even know what that means yeah it's like a hoofed animal oh yeah so it could be a pig it goes back to our last episode of threefoldness where i talked about the ungulates that's being true the metabolic limb system of anthrosophony yeah and anthrosophony i don't know i have no idea whatever <laughs> i'll learn eventually don't worry about it yeah one day like you're we're gonna be doing this podcast we're gonna be like in our 60s yeah. okay and you're gonna be like this wise old man and you're gonna have all these words that you're gonna break out and i'm gonna be like what i'm gonna know all these words and i'm not gonna understand what any of them mean <laughs> that's my wisdom will be surface level ecclesi- ecclesiasticism just <laughs> Yeah. I'm not even sure if I use that word right. We'll find out. As <laughs> soon as somebody listens to this podcast and starts sending us emails, oh, I know yeah. I'm going to get an earful. I'm going to get an eyeful. Yeah. Because it's going to be emails. You're going to be like, your, your eyes are going to yeah. have to read like uh, yeah. paragraphs. They're going to be like, in episode one, um, at 30 minutes, you <laughs> talked about the interlocking method uh, for preventing semen from coming out of your penis. Now, I've been studying this for a very long time. <laughs> And if you use magnets instead of your fingers, it's a much more efficient method of preventing the semen from exiting. But first, you got to do a surgical yeah. procedure where you put another yeah. magnet in your urethra yeah. tube. First, you have to massage your perineum with a, a magnet of a certain magnitude. Uh, I specifically buy them off of Russian Amazon because it's the only high-strength isotope. <laughs> And Russian then, Amazon. and then once you're looking, so you have to make sure it's on the third lunar day of a waning moon, 
It has to be at 8 p.m. <laughs> astrological time. You have to make sure that your zodiac animal has been conjured in the third chakra. <laughs> and after that, only then can you reach that inner spark of divinity that exists within your inner human body. <laughs> I've measured the response is exactly 4% more efficient this way. <laughs> you fucked this up in episode 4. <laughs> <laughs> In the lost episode, the episode 10 that is actually episode 100. <laughs> Very funny, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I like your guys's. You know, there's like a backhanded compliment yeah. there. You know. To seal a joke from the new Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah. Your podcast really found its voice in episode 460. <laughs> Before then, it's drivel. Complete, wow. utter shite. Detritus in the world. Debris. <laughs> How many times have you seen the new Ghostbusters? I just watched it yesterday. How was it? You know... Was it the woman one or the, the other... Wait, is the other new one? We don't we don't consult the woman one. Okay, yeah, so the, there's a new Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a new one, but it, it's just like... You know, I'm increasingly disillusioned and disenfranchised with uh, just nostalgia... Uh, like yeah. I, I remember the old Ghostbusters, but if all of your jokes are just old Ghostbusters, yeah, old Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. I want a new plot. The plot <laughs> that we keep seeing is good guys win. I don't give a fuck about that plot anymore. Yeah. Figure something out, dude. Like, why don't you work on the art? Like, where's the art? I mean, I, I get it's I, Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I understand that, you know. You can't push the envelope too far because then you're not going to get money. Yeah. And you can't sacrifice, you know, there's millions of dollars to go into it. It's easy for me to say, try harder yeah. when there's hundreds and thousands of people working on this particular project. Like, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. You know, I'm not so out of the loop and isolated that I don't understand that, you know, it has to be marketable. It has to be you to the general money. public. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it's just so fucking boring. Yes. I mean, I hate this shit. What are the... Uh, all right, did you go to a theater or anything? No, we just rented it on Amazon. Oh, okay. that's how people watch that's how you movies do nowadays. Now. Yeah. yeah. You don't go outside. I. You're right, but... <laughs> <laughs> Amazon are overlord and savior. Yeah. Dude, all right. Well, for, all right, there's two rants that actually I have for you. Okay. Now. Uh, but first, first one. Okay. Um... Movies now, because you just got me off on this. Yeah, I've watched a few new movies recently. Yeah, like even like Marvel ones and stuff. Everything is blending together. It's all the same movie. It's a hodgepodge. It's yeah. you could replace the characters yeah. and the like small little like oh instead of superpowers this guy just has a gun yeah or whatever and you're like oh wow yeah this is all the same movie. You can kind of reduce everything to a sentence. I mean yeah. I know that's like a really important thing to do when it comes to like understanding the thematic points of a book uh -huh. but man i'm just finding more and more every single day that books are so much more interesting than anything i've ever seen on tv in my life yeah i wasted so much time watching tv trying to enter the cultural zeitgeist that it doesn't even matter anymore yeah. it's completely useless well i think tv episode like doing episodes of things you can do different stuff somewhat I, I'd say they have more freedom than yeah. movies. Like, I, I would compare, um, like, an episode of South Park compared to other episodes of South Park. Like, yeah. they're all different plots. Mm -hmm. Very different from I, each uh, other, I, I would say. 
there are there is things that exist that come up. There are things that come up that are good. I but it could be better. Yeah, it could be better. But the machine keeps cooking the same fucking meal, yeah. and I am getting sick. My <laughs> taste buds are getting tired, and my brain is getting weary. Yes. So that was first rant. I, I not even a rant. It's not even a rant. Mm-hmm. I just noted like. I've been, we have HBO, me and my yeah. fiance, okay, the HBO Max. You get to watch movies that come out, like, day. They come out, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we watched Suicide Squad and Blade Runner, all these yeah. movies, right? And they all, like, I like them when I watch them, and then upon reflection, I'm like, it kind of just blends together, yeah. everything's just the same, whatever. But anyway, uh, the other one is, dude, alright, this is something I started doing. I got really interested in, like, Google as a corporation. <laughs> yeah? You mean stock-wise? Investment? No. Oh, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, I've been a big Google fanboy since I was in my, my teens, mm-hmm. right? 13, even before then, probably, like, 11. Yeah. I faked my uh, my date of birth like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Made my email. Rite of passage. Made my YouTube. Yeah. All that junk, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't even together at that time. Yeah, I uh, liked it all. I used Google Plus, which was a failed mm-hmm. social media. I used that instead of Facebook yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, recently, I have only been hearing bad things about Google. Yeah. Okay, and I've realized more and more that they control almost everything that I do online mm-hmm. in every single way. I currently hold in my hands an Android phone. The OS is made by Google. Yeah. I can check my email, which is a Gmail. I use Chrome sometimes, or well, I used to. And yeah, basically everything that I do online is somehow, some way, Google knows. Okay. So I've been trying to disconnect myself more and more from it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, I, I went down the route. I got rid of Chrome on my computer. I moved over to... Uh, what's that? The Brave. The, yeah. I yeah. moved over to Brave because Brave is like completely, it's the same thing as Chrome. It's yeah. the same software, but none of the Google stuff. Um, uh, on my phone, I did the same thing. Um, and then I was like, wait a second, but Microsoft also has everything I do on my computer. They're not as bad, right? Because they don't own my phone technically, but still. Um, so then I like de- bloated my like windows and i'm like do i go do i go full linux dude no. i'm contemplating <laughs> full linux unfortunately my choice and field i have to do windows. microsoft for a while yeah but i if i ever make more money than this paycheck to paycheck life that i'm living yeah i'm gonna actually get a linux build oh. even if i have to still use the windows computer I want to be a Linux Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I There is an elitism in the Linux community. Uh-huh. And me, I am magnetized by elitism. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the Linux elite. I want to have a terminal <laughs> Linux. A just... Linux without UI. Oh. I want to be a oh, terminal no. Chad. You will see the ripples on my brain oh, develop. God. The blood surge through my head <laughs> as I become and ascend to the true Linux oh, godhood. God. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah. 
Um, but basically, what I found out is that you can't remove yourself from Google anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to delete my email, delete, like, like a ton of stuff. Yeah. A ton of stuff that I have to use, like, every day for work, for everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, for one, I love Google. Yeah. And... Bringing us to the supporter of today's podcast episode, it's Google. <laughs> Google, we love you, and we are completely looking forward to the singularity of the human race as we all move closer and closer towards losing our individuality. That's right. I'm, and, well, I mean, we're not even going to talk about No. I can't wait <laughs> to spend all my time uh-huh. hijacked in. Yes. To the metaverse. I doing nothing but cooming. Wait a day second. in, day out. <laughs> I want nothing more than to completely destroy my only ability of intimacy in this world. Yes. By getting into more progressively degenerate types of pornography that escalate the novelty into more degenerate <laughs> types of pornography. Eventually you'll make it to scat, my friend. Yeah. I want to go in both ways. Where no man has gone yet. Everything becomes sexuality. <laughs> I can't look at an object without thinking of coom. <laughs> You're like, ooh. Well, wait, no. Wouldn't it be the other way? You're so desensitized. That's true. Yeah. You, like, look at a wall. You don't, That's the last thing you think. You have to, like, see, yeah. like, I don't know, the maybe... most degrading possible thing to get off. There's, there's, there's two sides of the coin. It's either you accept equally that everything can be attractive if you coom to it enough uh-huh. yeah, everything can be objectified <laughs> your coat can be objectified if you can or or it's you're so desensitized <laughs> that nothing can get you off those are the two radical sides everything gets you off or nothing gets let you me off. ask you this yeah do you think rather in the future because eventually we'll just be united under one metaverse mm-hmm. um People will be either desensitized, and that's like one of the wings, right, of the politics of metaverse. Yeah, you have the 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 the, the get off on everything, the Coomer X three thousands, and then you have the anti. I can't even get off anymore, people. You know, I and really they, wonder because I was reading recently that there are some mega churches that have already signed on to only do their masses exclusively in the metaverse. That that's dumb. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's interesting in, like, a dystopian way. Yeah. But... Well, well, did you... So, I mean, like, the VR chat's been around for a long time. Yeah. And there has always been... There was a guy. I remember seeing the video of it, of the guy who was like, yeah, no, I do mass every Sunday in, in, yeah, uh, in VR. VR chat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, but VR... now, as society crumbles around us... Yeah. Um, you know... As that's... we... Uh increasingly can't own anything we have to increasingly rent everything Mm -hmm. nothing we actually own because it's all tied up in accounts that can be taken away from us at any moment physical media is becoming rendered obsolete now there's two takes with this yeah okay physical things okay so owning land is that the dream is that where you want to go i think it is part of the dream i think most people look at that and they go like that's where i need to be but in reality, if you put all of your money into investments and other things, you could get more land later on. Mm-hmm. But getting land now is just such a good thing. Basically, what I'm saying is, not just screw it, dude. Just take the money you were going to spend, 
take on debt, invested in random things, and eventually you'll be a millionaire. You're shilling crypto. Yeah, it's it's all about. So I have these new NFTs coming. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love NFTs, bro. I know, dude. That I um at the beginning of the NFT thing, I looked into it and I'm like. Oh, that's interesting. It's not really for me. And now, I all I can hear now is how bad they are. It's kind of amazing. I didn't realize how hilarious they were until I started to hear actual like counterpoints to it. Yeah. And I think my favorite thing is that for anyone that doesn't know, an NFT is literally when you, I mean it's stored on the blockchain, but what's stored on the blockchain is a link to an image. Yeah. So if somebody <clears throat> changes host or decides to host different images, mm-hmm. technically you lose whatever... I mean, you don't really own anything to begin with because you can't own the copyright of something through the blockchain. Yeah. That's not how the government works. That's not how copyright works yeah. anywhere. So you're not really buying the copyright. You don't own the art. You don't even own the link to the art because whoever hosts that link is the people that technically, I mean, own at least the hosting of it. Yeah. So they could just swap your image with whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter. There you it, go. It's kind of amazing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Did you... So, um, that is... So, like, I, I'm just going to completely jump ship because yeah, I just remembered it. something. Jump, whatever. So, there was a... Um, there was a... Ha- All right. So, any Source game... So, Team Fortress 2 yeah. is a major one. Counter-Strike. Stuff like that. Okay. Um, old Source games, you can put in your own sprays. Mm. Right? Yeah. You remember that? I think I you, do remember you that. You can spray whatever you want on the wall. Yeah. I, whenever I play Team Fortress 2 a lot... I, I put in a GIF because I was an elite hacker and people mm. like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, you could also have images that like, you, there was always one of like a sexy girl. Yeah. And then as you got closer to it, it would change into like, just like some dude's like butthole or something. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So you could do like junk like that. Okay. Mm. It was it was cool. It's a cool little thing. A little bit of individuality in there. It is. Um, and so uh, recently, uh, this was probably a few months ago actually now, but... Um, what you can do is, uh, if you wanted to dock someone, you can spray child pornography onto the thing. Now, in order to have someone else's computer see your sprayed image, it has to download it yeah. into a temporary folder. <laughs> now, say what happens is you, uh, download that and normally it gets deleted after you go to a different server or whatever, right? Mm. And it deletes all the temp files, right? Yeah. But what if you got docs? So you can't join another server and then someone reports you for child pornography on your computer wow. and then they do a search. What is this? Mm. Yes. You can also do that with maps. You can just hide child pornography deep in the map somewhere where no one can see it. Like, just underneath some surfaces or whatever. Maybe someone find it eventually or whatever. And you can distribute that map. And wow. then just destroy everybody. That is hilarious. Yeah. And terrible. It's kind of terrifying, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I just wanted to come here. It, it actually, this goes into the topic of why gooming is bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, these people aren't even gooming. Yeah. They're just they're just innocent people that are, yeah. like, got a file download that they probably didn't even look at. No. You well, know? obviously, you're not going to open up the map files in the map editor and 
look under 50 tiles that you can't even access in game to exactly find it. like yeah you're gonna go on game you're just banana. gonna play the game yeah you're gonna shoot people mm-hmm. and you're gonna go to bed yeah and then before you go to bed you're gonna log on to pornhub.com that's right and then you're gonna rub you're, one out you're gonna put on your oculus rift yeah get into the metaverse yeah make sure that you have your super sucker connected <laughs> to your hips that move in tandem with the video jerk yeah and once jerk mate uh, jerks you to the timestamps of the video. It'll be like you're actually having sex with the real women. You'll you'll be loading into a hot uh, milf in your area. Yeah, and then you can you, your uh, suck mate will turn on. Yeah, and then the best part about that is is that consciously you know that you're not having sex with a woman, but you're tricking your brain into thinking you're having you sex are. with yeah. a woman. So you're unconscious can later feed you a bunch of bad chemicals in your brain that says, hey, you're not actually having sex with women, and I know you aren't, and I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah. And that's why you're depressed. I see. Yeah. What? Thank you for fixing me. Yeah. I'm your therapist for today. Really? Yeah. So let's work some, through some things. Yeah, yeah. What are you do? What are you struggling with? Um. Tell me. Right now, I am at a point in life. I think we talked about this literally last episode. Yeah, we did. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't do things. Really. You don't have motivation. I have motivation. Like, I, yeah. I mean, like, I worked out today. I cleaned my house today. I was home all day. Yeah. So, like, I did stuff that was productive. Yeah. But you don't feel like I it's... I just don't feel like it's worth... Like, it's worth doing, obviously, but it's... I just don't feel like it's a positive thing, really. Like, I'm like, well, the house is going to get messy again. If I stop working out, I'll just get fat or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I am depressed. Yeah, maybe you are. Yeah. Here's some pills. Thank you. Dude, awesome, Zans. I'm prescribing you. <laughs> we're, we're just going to hijack all the chemicals in your brain. And, uh, you know, I am making a joke out of this. I do understand that antidepressive pills oh, yeah. can work for some people. I think uh, there is... So, like, I, I think no one really denies that there are people that have just yeah. missing chemicals in their brain. Yeah. That make them feel depressed. Abnormalities. There are also people that are just, like, sad for some reason. Yeah. You know, and it leads to depression. Mm-hmm. What would be classified as depression, but they don't they don't have the same chemical deficiency that someone who has, like, super depression does. Mm-hmm. I think the actual depression has a real name, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Super depression works. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um, I think I think the problem is is that they that there is this belief in these ideas that may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. I think that people view anxiety in a negative light, and it's actually an incredibly positive thing. It's really? the thing that anxiety is the thing that gets you up and tells you to do shit yeah it's to do to listen to that tiny voice in you to go cultivate something powerful or instead of feeling the anxiety i can log on to tiktok yeah and watch four hours of videos and then fall asleep go to work and then watch more videos yeah and the best part about tiktok is it's catered to you yeah the machine learns yeah and you can't escape the loop Oh, I mean, you can't escape the loop, but it is very efficient at what it does. Yes. Not only every time you scroll vertically, do you see something new and interesting in a short, digestible to your squirrel-like brain attention span yeah. that it slowly devolves, <clears throat> but you can also, the, the video itself is progressing horizontally. 
So even if you stop, even if you're not engaging with it, there's still something happening. Yeah. So you can either interact with it and keep the loop going infinitely in the vertical direction, or you can just, it'll infinitely play over and over and over again. It'll never stop You don't have to even think, yeah. You can just completely brain out yeah. over and over. And then it'll learn what you like. So if you really like um, a specific ethnic minority doing a specific ethnic tribal dance... <laughs> It'll learn that you like that and uh-huh. that you engage with that content. And whatever content you engage with, it'll keep feeding it to you. It'll find ways to feed it to you. And it'll recommend things very efficiently to you that it thinks you will like. And it you will be trained to like them. Oh, yeah. Like a I Pavlovian will. dog. I, I can't wait. It's amazing. Behaviorism yeah. has opened up a world of wonder in humanity. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So you feel like you're not doing anything... Yeah. That you, that's purposeful. I mean, what is purpose to you, I suppose? That's where I think I'm, I, I think I'm st- stuck at the very, like, I feel like a while ago, mm-hmm. right? Before I got my house, before I started my own business, I had, I really wanted, I had a lot of drive mm-hmm. to save for house, start my own business and become successful enough to have a house. Mm-hmm. And that was like my goal. And it seemed like it was far away, but then I just did that. And then I was like, okay, I've, I've done this. Thankfully, I, I had success. I guess I don't know how to be humble about that. I, I don't know if that was humble or anything. It doesn't matter <laughs> it to me, bro. I'm acting I like I have an answer for everything, and I really don't. Yeah, I, but I, we do, you, me and I, <laughs> we have the answers. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend and be confident enough, and Look, I, I think that'll help me get through. Someone will send us an email with a question, yeah. and we will have the answers. Yeah, I can admit that I... I'm going to pretend I have the answer. Yes. And I will admit when I'm wrong about the answers. Yeah. Um, Pretending is fun. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I just, uh, I just, I think right now I don't have a big goal. Do you think you, uh, is there, I mean, maybe we should spend some time this episode giving you a goal. Is there something that really speaks to you? Not really, man. I, I, I want to get good at like some kind of sport thing mm-hmm. why um i like like i love doing like mountain biking mm-hmm. like i like hitting the little jumps it's you know it gives you good brain chemicals it's good for you mm-hmm. you know um it's it's a fun little like hobby right mm-hmm. um i like swimming i i don't know i like physical exercise right and i feel like the better i get at something the more likely i do it mm-hmm. and so i want to get into that um Something else I want to kind of get into is actually, like, I used to uh, do archery and stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to... Sh- I shot... I've never shot a deer with my bow, but um, I would hunt with a bow, and I, even though I never saw any deer, if there was one, there was a potential that mm-hmm. I could have shot an arrow at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of looked back recently and, like, you know, I kind of enjoyed, like, just practicing. Um, so, I don't know. Basically, the reason why I want to get good at something is that way I have something to do. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to find ways to occupy your time that are productive, would you say? Yeah. And productive to you is obviously has a, a positive impact on your life and your health. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I, 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 mean, I can see that. I, it, all it takes is I, one of the most useful pieces of advice, and I may be repetitive here because i'm definitely going to say this over the course of our podcast very many times one of the things i really liked about um 
I think it's Scott Adam. I might have the wrong name. But the creator of Dilbert wrote a book called How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it details a lot of his failures in his life and the things he learned to help, you know, be successful. Um, And one of the interesting things that he said was that having goals is stupid because if you have a goal, you're always in a constant state of pre-success failure. Because if you aren't reaching the goal, you're failing. And that's a very difficult thing to wrap your brain around because you're always going to be failing until you reach the goal. Mm-hmm. And then after you get the goal, it's not going to feel that, you know, useful because you're you're going to have to find a new goal and yeah. you're going to have to find some motivation for that. So what he recommends is having systems, which I think is really interesting. And essentially, systems just boil down into habits. Uh-huh. Essentially, you if you if you have a goal of writing a book, for example, your system should be something like write a page a day. Or spend five minutes writing every day. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, through doing that system, you will have a book. Even if it's shit, even if it's bad, you're you're still at the end of the day doing it. And that becomes a habit. And your brain gets rewarded for doing those habits and for carrying them out repeatedly. So it sounds like you already know this. I'm just repeating it for clarity's sake. Um, But this idea of there are things you want to get good at but the obviously only way to get good at them is to just continually do them to habitually work them into your life yeah life is just a bunch of small decisions that it is that add up to your character i think that part of well so I, i mean like okay i don't have many habits that i do every day part of the issue with that is my work schedule is random Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't, like, like if I say I'm going to work out every morning at, like, 7 mm-hmm. or 6 or whatever, right? Wake up early, go work out. I'll eventually get a job where it'll be like, okay, you got to be at work at 6. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, well, I, uh, okay, how do I, how do I get around this? Do I wake up earlier? Do I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so, it's, I think it's hard for me to maintain some, like, any habit, really. I, I would say that a lot of it. Um, I'm realizing now that there's an immense amount of importance in ritual. Mm-hmm. I think I think religion, although it's not very popular now, is something that gave people purpose through ritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, like going to church every Sunday and stuff like that. Like just doing things, being a part of the community. Um, but even something simple like praying. I mean, essentially when you boil down praying in every religion, it is like meditation. It yeah. is consulting the divinity within you. Um, but also feeling whatever that feeling is. I can't describe it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, I think that you have to find ways to create ritual if you don't have it. So, uh, I've been journaling. Yeah. The journal is a ritual. Every night. Okay. Or try, well, every once in a while I'll like skip a night, but then I'll go back and fill it back in. Um, now I am using what is called the, the me journal or theme journal. Okay. Okay. This is made by a YouTuber guy, whatever. I can't remember the name. He's the guy that does all the weird, like, data ones. I think it's something, something gray. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. You're he's a very monotone about... voice. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, okay, so he, he had a journal, and it looked really interesting to me because the beginning of it is just normal journal pages. Um, at the very, uh, actually, at the very beginning, there's, like, a few pages of, like, problem solving kind of like weird ones and then it's just normal journal pages and then towards the back there's like essentially a checklist 
with circles with slashes through them. And so you write on the left hand side, you write like what you want to keep track of. So you have what you want to keep track of and then the date on the top and then there's a grid of circles. So you go down, you can fill in the circle like halfway or all the way, depending on if you feel as though you did that task all the way or half of the way. Mm. And so, um, like I, on mine, I have work, um, meditation, working out, cooking, um, God, there's just a few more, any loving mm-hmm. as, Gotta uh, keep track. that's right. I, yeah. I found it in, I, you know, it's just something fun to keep track of anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can sometimes, you, what is a half circle yeah. for that? Who knows? Yeah. Um, God, there's one more. I can't remember. Uh, the other one's journaling. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a circle. <laughs> that one's easy. I just fill it out. Yeah. If I fill the journal, then I, you know. Yeah, it's right there. I just get to fill out a circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been keeping track of all that stuff. Um, and what I've noticed is that because of that, I've been meditating more and mm-hmm. working out more because I'm like, oh, it's been like three days since I worked out. Yeah. So I should. I need to fill up my circles. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not filling my circle. It's, I mean, essentially, it's like gamifying life. And, yes. And, and there is power in the gamification of, you know, doing it. Seeing as though... Oh, that's another thing I keep track of. And it, on the actual journal page is how much time I waste every day. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's yeah. great. To, what a great motivator. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's something I need to do. I, uh, I, there's an old funny comedy sketch by Dimitri Martin called If... Yeah, and in there he talks about it's kind of like a philosophical introspective journey for him about figuring out how to be, you know, a better person. I guess I don't know. It's hard to yeah. explain, but in there he has a whole section where he talks about he creates this point system for himself, and it is essentially what you're doing, but instead yeah. of circles, it's points. Yeah. And he has categories that have points, and each category has to reach what he deems a certain amount of points in order for him to consider himself a full person, but. Yeah. Then it ended up devolving to the point where uh, he spends so much time worrying about getting points that he just <laughs> acts like a fucking weirdo <laughs> to get points, like to do nice things for people. He just like goes out of his way to be more annoying and like just uh, like uh, there's oh other yeah he has like certain categories for his girlfriend and reading and some of them are easier than others to get points in but yeah. then others he's just trying to skimp points out of stupid things yeah. like it is it's he, really funny he ends up trying to like scam himself like yeah. he's like oh wait but i gotta hold the door open for three more people today. yeah <laughs> like, that's the only way i get the and then it just becomes arbitrary and meaningless because yeah. it's all about getting the points rather than obviously it's not what Gaming you're doing the system yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. And it, it was really funny to see that taken to a very autistically like statistically mathematical <laughs> level and then it just failing and yeah. becoming this demon of horrible uh life decisions jesus um but yeah uh, <laughs> damn yeah reducing everything to point systems and it, it works and oh, like obviously it works for the things that you're doing but yeah when it reaches the point of like, gotta read X pages, gotta do this, gotta do no. that, gotta, gotta push walls for five minutes every yeah. single day. Like, gotta write my points, because I, I only got 30 points this week, I suck. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I think another part of why I feel this way, I don't have any physical challenges. I want to go snowboarding. Yeah. Okay. But it is so hard to motivate myself to drive an hour to mm-hmm. the nearest snowboarding place, spend 
like a hundred and whatever dollars to yeah. get a pass and a snowboard and then like do it for like four hours five hours and be like well i'm tired yeah and then drive home it i don't know i want to do something like that but it's like that doesn't exist around me. as well as like money yeah it, i don't want to yeah. spend yeah Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna do this, like, like if I wanted to do it every week or whatever, if I bought a season pass at the, yeah. you know, beginning of the year or whatever, then sure. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. <sighs> Obviously, you know, you're trying to do things, but certain things cost money, and then when you spend money, you're like, you're. It seems like the whole society and life is just to make money. So yeah. you're, if you're spending money and you're not spending time making money, then it almost feels unproductive, even if the thing that you're doing is more productive to your health and which improves your ability to get money in the... Yeah. Yeah. It's like a self-defeating cycle in a way. (laughs) Well, so I... um, This probably hasn't happened to... Well, yeah. So I recently looked up how much uh, people in my field with my level of experience on Glassdoor make. Okay. And so I, I have my own business and I pay myself, I don't even care. I pay myself uh, 46000 a year, a salary, okay? Yeah. I It's 20 bucks an hour, well, probably like 22 with 46 I think. I don't know. It's around 20 bucks an hour, okay? Yeah. Um, looking up online for average wages in my field, mm-hmm. okay? Um, 73 wow. was the average? Wow. With one to two years of experience, and I have six. Jeez. So, Sounds like you got to pay yourself better. Yeah. But the issue then, I looked at myself, and I'm like, wait, my business doesn't make enough money to pay me. I've been doing the whole system wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have been allowing myself to get undercut on all this junk yeah. for a while now. Yeah. Um. And so now I have to go back and talk to people and go like, um, yeah, so we need to renegotiate on some money Terms. here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting paid well enough because I've been, you know, stupid, stupid about it. Well, and like, so like, um, I mean, like, how about this? You know what? Today, this is the episode. Today yeah. is the day. All right. I'm a robot programmer. There you go. Okay. I program yeah. robots. Yeah. I'm independent. Yeah. Um, and so I run my own business. I ask people for money and junk. Yeah. Now you can't find any of this information online. So maybe this will reach someone who's also looking for this information. Like I was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, you can ask for money. I, whenever I f- first started, I was like, Ooh, um, $52 an hour seems like a lot. Uh, maybe I asked for 46. And so I would ask be like, do you think I get 46 an hour? They're like, Oh yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, that was a little fast. Yeah, maybe there's no negotiating. Yeah, so then how much I, do you want to pay me an hour? Yeah, the, you can't really ask that because they'll be like, oh, you know, uh, uh, how much is your usual rate? Is usually what they'll go to. Yeah. Um, so then I, I bumped it up I'm like fifty two. That'll get them. And like that, everybody was like, yeah, sure. And the the stupid part is, is that like, you know, this is gonna see like, all right, I hate this. I hate not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can't not. So like. I feel as though I deliver a good service. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel as though that most people that I work with call me back and ask me to work again. Mm. So using that data, I can say that po- I'm potentially a good person to work with mm-hmm. and that I, I'm good. Right. Okay. So there are people that come in, charge a hundred, 120 bucks an hour work for three months on a machine. 
don't get anything done, and then I follow up behind them and within three days have fixed everything that they had wrong. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? I, I, I've been doing this wrong forever. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be failing. That's where I think you... Yes. You have to be not... You know, I, it's a hard moral thing to do, right? Because it's either you be ethical mm -hmm. and actually get stuff done I at think, a reasonable rate or... Dude, I, I really think that you get more... I would get more work if I get everything done really fast and eventually I will be able to grow my business and hire people. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the dream, right? Yeah, that's the goal. Where to I don't not have, have to work. work. Yeah. yeah. Other people work for you. Yes. That's how well, you get passive income, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, eventually I, I want to get there. But, like, yeah, I've been screwing myself for, like, th the last three years. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm going back through. I'm going to redo a bunch of junk. Mm -hmm. um, what came, what, how this came up was my fiance, who currently is the breadwinner. Yeah. All right. I won't sell, say how much money she makes, but she's currently the breadwinner. Um, she um, she recently was um, demoted at her job. Demoted? Yeah. She what? had like a fairly high position-ish. And what happens at her company is it, it's a lot of people, a lot of pressure and junk like that. So um, they constantly are promoting, demoting. It looks really good on paper, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Oh, we promoted thousands of people last year. Come join our company, mm -hmm. right? And so you can get promoted fairly easily. But then once you're there, they kind of target people that are making more money because you, you make more money the longer you do it. So they'll start targeting you. And uh, this job involves checking files and stuff. So if someone's checking every single one of your files rather than every three files, they're going to find more issues. Mm -hmm. And so eventually it becomes means for either getting fired or demotion. Um, so my fiance had an emotional week of going through all of this, like, because they would threaten her job. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to do, you know, everything. I'm like, look, 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 I can take care of everything. You know, I, like we had the, the, the talk of that and she's like, okay, well, she's still, she's a. She's always been good at things her whole life. Mm. And so, like, whenever something doesn't work out well, it it's, like, devastating. Yeah. Whereas, like, probably for me or you, whatever, it would probably be like, well, that sucks, but... Keep, we'll figure it out. Keep living. Yeah. yeah I suppose I, I do I, notice this in me and, dare well, I say, men. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the... I definitely have met a lot of guys. I know it's not the same for everyone, and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of differences. Um, yeah. But it's not, like, having to, you know, I I notice that it's easy for me to take risk, I guess is what I'll say. Yes. And it's easy for me to be confident, uh -huh. even if I don't know anything of what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Whether it's hubris or otherwise. Uh, Dude, that's a... I, ha I think I have that same skill. It's yeah. a good time. It's, it, <laughs> for me, like, my anxiety doesn't come from my, like, inability to do things. Uh -huh. I'm confident I can do whatever I set my brain to. Yeah. My anxiety comes from the external, like, do I, <laughs> do I masturbate or don't I masturbate? <laughs> How do I cultivate the highest energy? Yeah. What is min-maxing in life? It, <laughs> Is God real? Uh -huh. Do I... Which God do I believe in? Yeah. What 
is the ethics that I need to have to be a better person. <laughs> like, these are the things that give me anxiety. Yeah. It's not, you know, the, like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to... Yeah, like, dude, I'll live in a shoebox. I'm grateful <laughs> for everything I got. Yeah. I'll fucking... If I got to be the fucking dude that brings his computer tower to Starbucks to work on what I want to work on, <laughs> I'll fucking do fire it. Fire up the rig. I, I can... I know I can learn how to fix a car... I have a brain. Yeah. I'm not worried about those things. Mm-hmm. I will deal with them when I get to them. Yeah. Um, so I definitely understand from what you're saying from the perspective of like, you know, you got energy and you have confidence and you know you have a malleable brain to not that your wife doesn't have these yeah. things. She's just stressed. You she's, know, she's worried about it. And yeah. Well, that, that worry mm-hmm. manifests as, you know, yeah. Emotional. I mean, to like give you a better picture, I mean, like my, my fiance. Very smart, mm-hmm. good at school, yeah. right? Passed all of her class. She was homeschooled and then went yeah. to college and was still fine. Mm-hmm. Like, still got all A's. Yeah. At, while working, like, a, a part-time job. and mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, she's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time where it's been, like, roadblock. Yeah. And so it is, it, that is a devastating time. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was in school. And at that moment, I, I think everybody has, like, a resolve afterwards at that moment, I realized that none of it mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's when I became lazy and pretty much got C's and D's the rest of school. Yeah. But... I had that epiphany, too. Yeah. I, I, I realized that I don't need to constantly placate my parents uh, yeah. to get good grades. Because the things I want from them, it, like, I don't need their approval. And I suppose it took me way later in life, till like a couple years ago, to realize that I don't really need like my friend's approval either i need yeah. to just do what i'm gonna do yeah and whether they stick with me or not that's their own prerogative and, and decision yeah i mean i approve yeah you approve but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't at the end of the day the people that will hang around are the people that you know care care yeah <laughs> they're gonna work through it i mean they wanna yeah. yeah i so i get what you're saying she's She's had a lot of success and, you know, it's a big stressful roadblock. Yeah. And we're more lack, lackadaisical about it. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I mean, like, no matter yeah. what, like I told her, like, my stress level for, like, work yeah. is maybe at a 20% max right now. Yeah. I have all this room to grow. Yeah. I, I can, literally, I can make a, a more money if I need to. Yeah. But because I'm in an area where I don't have any big goals set, I'm just kind of like, oh, let me just buy like a knife on Amazon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, you know, you it really, that's the difficulty too. Cause oh. it's like, you got to not get complacent. And then you also got to yes. want it. You really got to want it. Yeah. If you don't have the desire for any, and this is hearkening to Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, a book I read. Yeah. If you do not desire the thing that you, you'll never get it. Yep. If you don't work hard uh-huh. at what you want, you will never get it. Yep. And it starts with desire. Um, and you know, it, it's difficult to desire and it, it's a matter of, you know, a whole multitude of things, but it starts with desire. Yeah. Um, this is where, uh, part of my personality is bad because I've gotten to a point where I'm good and now th- I feel as though the only thing that will push me forward is someone else going like, I want to go forward. I'm like, all right. Mm, yeah, I understand. I, I get that. The need to like work together with people. Well, it's not really a, it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I just feel like um, the extra push, like 
having someone rely on me to do something is super motivating. It's empowering. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm like, this person relies on me to do this. I'm going to do it the best I can. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, like, maybe maybe what I need to do is I need to merge my business with some someone else. It's true. And just... You got to find somebody that, that needs you. Yeah. I think that's just a natural inclination in me as well. This, this like, I feel more and more like I want to be a providing role or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's really bizarre. I don't think it's, like, a power trip thing. I just... <laughs> I think, like, naturally, I just want to be, uh, you know, somebody that can provide something yeah. i don't know what it is but just something we have a a friend that i've talked to that is uh i, I guess the easiest way to describe him would be gay mm -hmm. and has glasses okay yeah so that person he has talked to me several times on how his like greatest desire is to be a provider mm -hmm. that is like for him like, if he can get to the point where he's providing for someone, mm -hmm. he is, like, life complete. It's not even, like, a sexual thing. It's not, It's no. just literally life. Yeah. That's where he wants to be. It's it's like, it's almost like we're biologically predisposed <laughs> to have family or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. I know. It's almost like, yeah, have ch you get told to have children yeah. through your brain chemicals. Yeah. Your brain itself is telling you you want to provide for something or someone. Yeah. You know, that it, I think I'm realizing more and more. My difficulty is that uh, that I viewed anxiety as an antagonist my whole life. Yeah. And now I recognize that, like, you know, I got to stop with this arrested development. I got to actually grow up. Yeah. You know, I can't keep suckling yeah. on mommy's teeth, <laughs> you know. And I suppose that's my biggest struggle with pornography and masturbation. It isn't that I don't think masturbation can be healthy i think it can be but i think mm -hmm. porn has perverted it and i think that you know it, it and i also recognize the potential of energy that is there latent mm -hmm. within you that and i'm just trying to figure out if the longer i don't ejaculate if i am just getting crazy and like mentally unwell or if i'm getting stronger <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right wait a second i'm about to all right all right all right yeah. in dragon ball <laughs> yeah you know how all right it, it i think this is a backstory this just flashed in my mind mm -hmm. okay um i could be completely wrong but i'm pretty sure that if like the the saiyans don't like beat yeah. each other up or whatever mm -hmm. they get really angry and that's when they turn to monkeys and jump yeah. um so what you're looking at right now is you're trying to control your monkey. Yeah. You're it, saying. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I do agree. I've read a lot about, uh, I've been reading more and more about philosophy and stuff. And they all talk about this concept of like, you have to rein in your instincts. Like you have an instinctual, like you can look at Freud with the id, mm -hmm. that primal aspect of you. Um, you can look at, uh, schopenhauer where he talks about how the will the like instinct is a really buff blind man and the intellect is a really slender man that's uh, being carried by this blind man that mm -hmm. has eyes yeah. and the intellect tries to lead you around but the big strong man is you know pulling yeah. you in all these directions <clears throat> yeah and then there's also like all the um it goes even further like if you want to go to greek philosophy and stuff like that this whole concept of um 
they fear the man who can control himself more than the man who can level cities. Yeah. Because the true strength comes from somebody that can control all of his desires. So then it becomes a matter of like, what the hell is that? Like, what yeah. what what does it mean to fully realize that? Mm-hmm. that? Is it just simply that you, you know, in the the daisy pulling petals of do I coom or don't I coom? <laughs> is that a matter? Like, am I controlling myself by not cooming? Or like, what are the desires? Like, I have desires to eat things. If I fast, does that like? Do you defeat it? it? Yeah. yeah. Am I defeated? Like, what is defeat or control? That's uh, That becomes an, a completely difficult question. I think that just comes from you. Yeah, you it's know? gotta. I mean, it's gotta be what your heart feels, right? Yeah. Your spirit. I think everybody's yeah. different, right? Yeah. I mean, like, a challenged... So, I know a guy that fasts for three days at a time. Yeah. You'll fast three days and then go on to, like, normal eating for, like, a month or whatever. Yeah. And be like... Oh, you know, I've been feeling like I've been eating too much sugar or whatever. I just want to, like, reset and mm-hmm. just start. And he's fine doing it. Yeah. Me, personally, I probably would pass out. I wonder. Yeah, it's something I've never done. I don't yeah. really know the limits of my body in terms of fasting. And it, and it, to me, I look at that and I'm like, okay, if I don't eat anything from, like, the moment, like, if I, all right, I wake up mm-hmm. and let's just say I work till, like, four o'clock. Yeah. I get home and I'm, like, shaking, yeah. right? I'm like... I need some, I need something. Mm -hmm. Something needs to be inside of me. Is it just some bacteria dying off my stomach that's like, oh, well, we we don't have any other food? We're so used to food, uh, I'm just going to eat you. Yeah, what what could that be? Or is it literally like, oh, your blood sugar is dropping, you will pass out. You know what I mean? Because, like, that's dangerous, the other thing isn't. Yeah. That's hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. With that guy, he knows. Yeah. But it's something we got to try. Maybe we'll do a three day fasting podcast. We would. (laughs) I would be so pissed the whole time. Like, I get hangry. I think it it would be amazing. (laughs) I think it would be truly. I think it would be uh, true art. Oh my God. We would have like a timer. Yeah. And like order some, like a, like a burger or something. Dude, I, I think I would want anything but. Uh, yeah, McDonald. I think no, that, not McDonald's. Oh, just like a, a better bowl. burger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a real burger. That's true. A real <laughs> burger would probably actually it might be too much food because you know like those yeah, people that you have yeah. a refeeder syndrome or something. Like you got to oh, yeah, introduce gotta stuff wait. slowly. Yeah, I don't know if it happens after <laughs> three days of fasting, but yeah, you know it's worth considering. Well, we would have to like do some research on it, right? But yeah. maybe we could start out with some like cheese and crackers mm-hmm. or something. Like maybe we prop, pop open a lunchable. Yeah, after our maybe maybe we'll do it. <laughs> maybe we'll do a bunch of the worst you know, they, one. They have a lot of uh, sugar, a lot of sodium, and a lot of fat. There we perfect. go. Yeah, I want an Oscar Mayer fat ass bologna sandwich <laughs> after my fucking fast. That's what I want to do. Delicious. Oh my god. God. So, you know what else we could eat? Yeah. Some oh yeah, that's right. Here. So, my co-host um, forgot food but luckily in this office i have really bizarre shit <laughs> that we haven't used yeah and uh do you want a thing to poke that open yeah do you have something oh no oh, really got go. it i was about to say my keys guys i forced it yeah like a man that's yeah you're a big boy yeah you it, don't have girly nails no you know i actually i actually don't even have nails i bite them off because i'm anxious oh i do that too i yeah. think that's just a habit thing, i gotta dude, honestly. stop it, it, it's time to stop bro. let me ask you though what's the downside 
I feel like I hurt my hands more often. Oh, really? I chew, yeah, okay, I, I chew, like, too much. Oh, you go too deep. Well, I, like, I, I just end up, like, it creates more problems than if I just stop doing it and cut this, it with a nail clipper. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, this is probably gross to people who don't do this, but I feel like a lot of people do this. I, I think a lot of people do, but I'm yeah. not sure. You know, I just got to manage anxiety better. I think that's, like, an ungabunga thing, right? Where you just, like eventually like what if like we eat this and we start seeing stuff i mean that's gonna make this podcast only more interesting <laughs> can you so what yeah what so, is it? so i we venture my girlfriend and i venture to the asian market and they sell a lot of very interesting things there and i think you're supposed to use this in tea but these are dried violet uh flowers and we're just gonna eat them uh so if is i'm looking even like yeah it has nutrition facts so oh, okay it apparently has 12 milligrams of sodium, uh, 3 grams of carbohydrates, it has 2 grams of dietary fibers, and it has less than 1 gram of protein. It has no vitamins that I can see on here. And uh, it's from China. Yeah. Dried violet. Is their nutrient facts the same as here? Um, I think if you sell stuff here, you have to comply with the nutrient facts, because they're all in English. Oh, okay. So, so they, yeah, they put. Yeah, it you have to USDA compliant. You have to if you're selling your shit here it has to be under that. So we have in our hands two flowers. I don't think this is gonna make any noise at all, but we're gonna eat them. I'm gonna make it make noise. Okay. All right. So should we do a countdown? Because this looks bad. Um. Yeah. We should eat it the same. Because I feel like if, if I'm talking we... about the smell for a minute, it smells like flowers. It smells awful. I mean, it smells really? like violet, but. It doesn't smell edible. It's not something I immediately want to put in my mouth. It, it kind of reminds me of a potpourri. Yeah. It's yeah. like eating bathroom potpourri. You know what? I've had tea that tastes like this. Okay. Well, okay. I'm... I kind of I like the smell. But anyway. <laughs> if you like the smell, you might like the taste. Yeah. yeah. It won't taste the same, though. I guarantee it. All right. Uh, so on one. One. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to immediately grab some water. Okay, it kind of has um, really stale popcorn texture. You can really taste the flowers and, like, the stems. Mmm. <laughs> okay, actually, wait a second. Wait, the end taste is getting yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you chew it up enough, you taste like the, um, what do you call it? What all the pollen is. Oh, no, it's back to, like, soap taste. No, there's something else, yeah. Mm-mm. Mmm. So basically, God. Um, yeah. So, all right. There was pleasant parts. There was a sweetness in there somewhere. There was. Um, it honestly tastes like you were just chewing a dry flower. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. yeah, yeah. You know what? That's the taste right there. <laughs> it wasn't a good texture. No, it's so dry that when it goes down your throat, it just scratches everything on the way. Yeah. Luckily, I've been sipping on some water that I got from you, um, yeah. and that actually, since my mouth was pre-lubricated, yeah, I, I was good. Yeah, my I've never properly endeavored to have the <laughs> etiquette to give you a drink for this podcast, so today I thought, man, this boy must be thirsty <laughs> after last episode. Damn, yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. That was actually awful. Uh, what would you rate that? <laughs> um, what would I rate it? Yeah. Jeez. Um, two. If you put it in tea, 
remove the texture completely, right? And yeah. just have the taste of the sweet part? Yeah. It honestly tastes how it smells, and mm-hmm. it didn't smell that appealing to me. Okay. I'd probably give it a zero, but I think I could understand, you know, people like their flower tea. Maybe yeah. I personally like black tea mm-hmm. and green tea. I mean, those are stronger teas. But... Do you like oolong? Yeah, oolong's good. Oolong's good. I don't usually like the flowery stuff that much. Gotcha. But um, I like, uh, so I've been, oh, that's another thing. I've been cutting down caffeine stuff. Like, oh, okay. I've been skipping days of coffee. Okay, how's Just that? because it controls my life. Yeah. Um, Every other day you wake up with a headache <laughs> because of the caffeine addiction. Um. Which is when you drink more coffee. So yeah. realistically, I'm probably like slowly getting off of it. Yeah. Is it something you want to be completely off of? No. I yeah. love the taste of coffee. Yeah. It's just when I'm not working, like I, I didn't work yesterday and I'm not going to work till Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't need it. Yeah. And if I'm not feeling like making it or like drinking it, then what's the point? Yeah. Right. It's just going to give me caffeine and I'm going to sip it and be like, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I just, I don't like things controlling my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare tell you my worst fear in life is getting diabetes. Is it really? Yeah. Man, it's time to work on that now while you're young. I, that's why I yeah. work out and <laughs> avoid sugar. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I, I've definitely been <clears throat> avoiding sugar more and more. And it's not even just cause that's the only thing that causes diabetes and stuff. Like yeah. there's plenty of links with fat and saturated fat specifically yeah yeah you Um, gotta yeah and the most common vessel for saturated fat is cheese so really yeah i thought it would be like uh chips no well chips do have it yeah you're right um but the most the most saturated fat is usually from uh cheese damn do you know what um do you know what's really good Hmm. you're a fondue i have it yeah, is very good. It is. Yeah. There's a fondue place in the fancy area of town over there. Oh. That uh, I take my fiance for our. Um, is it expensive? So it's a hundred bucks. Wow. For both of you. Okay. Okay. So one one thing. Mm-hmm. You it's three things. Well, actually four. So for a hundred bucks you get a salad, the cheese fondue, then you get a hot pot. Mm. essentially so you you uh pick a bunch of meats and fish and whatever and you dip that in there and then you get a chocolate one. Oh, that does sound pretty good i mean it's like 50 bucks a person right but still yeah, yeah but i mean like you're eating a four course meal yeah so it's it's like the value's there mm-hmm. if you're willing if you really want like you know i'll tell you what i think i spend 14 dollars a week on food yeah um that's my, really good my cumulative earning of money mm-hmm. through the last year was three grand yeah <laughs> that is what i get to do my taxes <laughs> on so you're getting all your money back uh um, i have enough tax write-offs i think through deductions of things yeah. i've invested in the business that i i don't think i mean granted it's since i'm independent sole proprietor i don't pay I mean, I pay like taxes on some stuff, but I they it's more about them not taking my money more than you know. Yeah. Because I, you know, I only made three grand, so yeah. And I spend a lot of money on even just the office and things for my business. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, I mean, I have plenty of completely legal deductions 
that yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need anything like side whatever, but no. Yeah, man, these violets are kicking in, dude. I'm yeah, to see are stuff. you seeing things? What kind of things are you seeing? I'm seeing uh, orange things, blue things, red things. Are they taking shape? Yeah. Circle. Mm-hmm. Square. Circles and squares. No. Everything has edges. Do you know how a deer sees? No. This is probably... I don't know how you can prove this, but it has. it is uh, told that this is how a deer sees things. Um, they see edges, right? Okay. And so, uh, if I'm sitting here, rather than seeing me as we see each other, which is like, oh, as like a whole person, mostly we look at faces, right? Mm. People look at faces of things. Yeah. Um, and so a deer just kind of looks around and looks for edges, right? And so an edge will eventually align with it. It'll make a shape, Mm -hmm. right? So imagine like a grayscale, just grid. It's like outlines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so what it does is it, it you kind of reduce all the like processing of everything else. So you can quickly see an edge moving, quickly decide is that a leaf, is that a cougar, or is that a deer? It's a leaf. Okay. And then you can go back to eating, right? What it's for is just for like quicker processing. In, yeah. in a weird way, like they need to be able to make decisions really fast. So mm-hmm. They see edges. I don't know why. What what even brought me to this other than seeing the violet colors? Yeah, because that is very interesting, and I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I know that like dogs can only see two colors specifically more than everything else. Yeah, I think it's like blue and yellow or something like that. Yeah. Um. So those are the most prominent things for them, and obviously, depending on the number of cones in your eyes and your, oh, your whole biology, yeah. that's going to determine a lot of what you can see. But I do really wonder how they were able to figure that out for deers. Yeah, because I just heard this. You think somebody put a deer eye in their eye and then <sighs> their socket? I think it's not about the eye. I think it's more about how your brain processes what the eye is seeing. Mm, I see. Okay. Do you, yeah, is, I Does that saying. make sense? I can understand that. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know how they could actually even do that. So this mm. could be complete lies. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But we're going to get an email about it. Yeah. If, if you would like to email a question yeah. to us, the email's in the description. Yeah, it's like rovingslant at gmail.com. Is it that easy? I thought it was. Because I don't think anybody had rovingslant as a a name. It's really bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, I do want to try... So I need the audio from the other episodes. Yeah. This is something that... We we can talk about this a little bit afterwards, but really quick, I was going to post this on the Spotify service thing that like posted to like a few different places. Yeah, Anchor or whatever. Anchor, yeah. Yeah. So... uh, yeah, I need the actual source. Yeah, I'll give them to you. Yeah, but anyway, sweet. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be bigger than we ever thought we would be. Yeah, I didn't even upload last episode yet. We're just doing this episode. Yeah, without having up because I'm just I got other things going on. I got I got to make my three k a year, dude. He's got life. I got stuff to do. I got life. You got yeah. life. I can do the episode. Yeah, we'll have. Yeah, you. yeah. So, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go back into the metaverse? Yeah, well, before we go back into the hallucinogen that is the violets we just ate. Wait a second. Is this real? Wait a second. <laughs> Wait, dude, I can only this? see the outline of you, bro. Wait I'm a phasing second. out. Wait. <laughs> You're becoming an elk. No! 